Hey, Praise Chapel Paramount. Welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is from our series, Faith Without Walls. Um, Evangelist David Diga Hernandez speaks a message called Contagious Faith. And so as we um, are locked in in our faith, it's actually contagious and helps other people um, get even more rooted. And it's actually contagious, um, just like doubt. It's contagious and people will feed off of that. Well, they will feed off of doubt and we'll hear in this message, um, man, how important it is for us to stand firm because it helps and encourages the faith of others. And so, man, let's enjoy this one. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand of praise? Awesome worship. God bless you this morning. Hey, good to see all of you. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say something good is going to happen to you. I don't know if you can tell, but the person next to you is smiling at you. So um, I am here ministering this morning. Obviously, um, I believe Pastor Omar is uh, ministering at a conference right now. So um, it's always an honor and a privilege to be able to um, speak in this uh, Sunday morning spot. And um, I do want to speak to you this morning concerning our theme, continuing on this theme of of faith without walls, faith without barriers, unlimited faith. And I believe that we can all come to this place of unlimited faith. Before we get into that, I just want to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to anoint this word. Would you pray with me? So, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the faith that is stirred because of your word. For your scripture says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I pray, Lord, that you would cause our fears to shrink and our faith to grow. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. Hey, while you guys were all greeting each other, by the way, did you all hear what was being played over the speakers? As Mr. Stephen Moctezuma's latest album... Um, for those of you who did not know, um, there, he was climbing the iTunes charts there, um, on iTunes in the Christian music category. This is for all the Christian music in the world. Uh, Stephen Moctezuma placed number 15 on the Christian music charts. So this guy, I don't know, man, I feel kind of nervous preaching with the superstar here on stage with me, but, uh. But no, um, we, we, I, I, I want to congratulate you, man. That's, a, that's, that's no small feat. You, you realize there are people who work years and years and years and years that it never even placed top 200. And this is, he's just getting started. That was a, an album where you covered several songs, right? But you're working on one now with original music. And, and so that's going to be exciting. So original music coming out in two weeks, right? No, I'm just kidding. No, he, he's going to... You can't rush it. It's a process. You can't rush the process. No, but uh, I'm sure we'll be singing those originals. I can't wait till we're singing his originals here in our Sunday morning services. Um, so, so make sure you do download that. All you have to do is type in his name on your favorite music platform. He's everywhere. Spotify, iTunes. That's the only ones I know, but there's several out there. And <laughs> I'm sure he's on there. You're on everything, right? So he's on everything you can find. So type in his name. Uh, make sure you download that. And then those of you watching online, make sure you do that. So I just wanted to say that before I get started, man. Great job. You did an excellent job on that, um, on that project. So I want to talk to you about this idea of faith without boundaries. I want to go to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, and we're going to go 
I'm going to probably begin around verse 21. Now, I, I, I'm going to have more time in the second service, so this will probably be a, a, a slightly different message. Sermons never come out the same, even if they're the same notes. The Holy Spirit just kind of takes them different directions. Um, so I was ministering in Chicago. This was about maybe six or seven years ago, and I was doing a healing service there, and it was a wonderful time that we had. The power of God was moving, and on one, I think one of the morning services... <laughs> We have all these people coming in, believing God to heal them of their sickness. And, you know, they had heard the testimonies about people who were deaf hearing, blind seeing, tumors disappearing. We were having revival in those meetings. And so Sunday morning now, I look and I see several people. There's walkers and wheelchairs and crutches and canes. And I look in the front row and there's this woman sitting in the front row. And she's enjoying the service, so I thought. And she had her walker right there next to her. So I began ministering to the people, I'm preaching the message, and then I transitioned now to begin praying for the sick. Now, about six or seven years ago, I was able to lay hands on every single sick person in that place. Today, we try to do that. It would take hours. We do these greetings after our services now. We're there for an hour and a half, two, three hours sometimes, just quick hellos uh, to the people who will stay after. So it's, it's, it's become this, this thing that's bigger now that God's doing than even we can keep up with. And that's all God adding the growth. But this was a time when, I mean, I would lay hands on every, and I could spend like 15, 20 minutes with each sick person and pray for them. And so it's a different dynamic. Uh, so I was used to just going up to them and just saying, hey, what do you need healing for? And we would go down the line that way. So I go up to this lady, and she's sitting on the front row. And I said, I mean, I preached the sermon on faith and God's healing power. And I was talking about miracles. Everybody's faith and expectation was here. We were ready to minister to the sick. And I say, ma'am, are you ready for God to heal you? Would you like me to pray for you? She goes, No. It killed the whole, like, like you, you, I'm serious. Like, like everybody was ready, and then like, shoo, she sucked all the air out of the room. And I'm going, oh, my goodness. And I wanted to say, it, it, me, me, being me, I wanted to say, lady, <laughs> what are you doing sitting on the front row in a healing service with your walker here on display if you don't want me to pray for you? But I didn't say that because I was in the spirit. So I, I, I said to the lady, I said, I, I start preaching to her. I'm trying to, you know, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. When you're ministering healing to people, what you want to do is you got to treat them like they're a glass of, uh, uh, just like a glass or a cup. And you pour the word into them. You tell them stories. You talk about miracles. And you can tell when their faith is full. Once their faith is full, that's when you pray for them. But if, if you keep going, some preachers, they keep going, 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 and it just becomes overwhelming, and you lose them after, after a certain point. Uh, some try to pray for them too soon, and they're not even ready to receive their miracle. So I thought, okay, maybe she's just not in the place of faith yet. So I start ministering the word to her and preaching. And the more I ministered to her, the angrier she became. And so I'm like, okay... I, I gotta like, I gotta do something because this is the, I, maybe I should have started with someone else because this is like killing the whole service. So I'm praying for, for in my spirit, I'm saying, Lord, just please let the devil come out of this lady and let her receive her miracle. And I'm just thinking, okay, this is spiritual warfare. I didn't know how to deal with it, to be honest with you. And so I'm praying for her in my heart as I'm talking to her, trying to convince her to receive her miracle. And I said, ma'am, are you sure you don't want me to pray for you? He said, why don't you want me to pray for you? I said, you want to walk out with this walker? You don't want to be healed? And she goes, this is what she says to me. She says, no, 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 real dramatic, like, like she's a martyr, okay? She says, no, 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 no. Go and pray for the others. I don't need a miracle. Let them receive their healing. 
And I was like, okay. And this is what I told her. I shouldn't have said this, but I did. I said, do you think, I go, honestly, are you under the impression that God is running short on miracles? And, and that was kind of a, it was, I didn't mean it sarcastically, but I think she took it that way. And she literally walked out of the service. Like she gets up, she huffs and she starts, I mean, and it took her forever to get from her chair to the door. So it's like just, we just had to all watch her just leave the service. She, she literally left the service right there in the middle of the meeting. And I remember the rest of the meeting was just very tough to get through that because of that atmosphere that was destroyed. Um, and people wonder why I'm very like, um, I'll use the word intense when it comes to the services. I'm very intense. Like if you move one muscle, we're going to kick you out of this place. That's how people feel sometimes. And so she left. The whole atmosphere is destroyed in that service. And I think back to just recently, we were in NorCal. This was one of the funnier ones. <laughs> Where's Reuben? Is Reuben here yet? Okay, because he, he was highly involved in this situation. We're in Northern California. My goodness, the power of God moved. This is, we, we were doing our meetings. This, is in the, this was just a couple of weeks ago. So it's in the middle of this pandemic. People have been missing service. And, you know, they, they, people are st- we're starting to see how politicized the virus had become. So they're like ready to meet in a church building now. And so we're ministering. Faith is moving. Miracles are happening. I mean, the power of God was moving. People were getting healed of all sorts of things. And I'm ending the service and I said, okay, now who's coming back tomorrow? Just like that. I said, who, who wants to come back tomorrow? And this, this man, he stands up in the middle of the service. He feels the need to do this. He goes, I'm not, I'm not, you're a, and I can't repeat what he said. And Reuben Vargas runs down to the front and starts pushing the guy out of the service. The guy starts beating up Reuben with his cane. It was hilarious. And so I'm watching all this. I go, Reuben, let's security handle it. Security took forever to get across. And they literally had to push this guy out of the service. And I had to just kind of, and so I remember in that moment, I'm thinking, okay, I, I, this, is, this is more recent now. I'm thinking, okay, I can let this kind of kill the vibe. And what I did is I just kind of just pushed to the side and I kept talking. I mean, it, you should have seen it, this dramatic scene. Reuben just pushing this guy out, getting hit with the cane. And then all of a sudden they're gone and I just continue. So tomorrow morning, we're going to be having another miracle service. And then the atmosphere just flowed easily. And I'm look, I was comparing the two different things. And I recognized that faith, much like the anointing, is contagious. Faith produces that power in the atmosphere. So in one instance... There was this woman who kind of just destroyed the atmosphere. My faith was destroyed because I'm, I'm watching her ruin the service. And I'm thinking, all that building of the atmosphere, now she just ruined it all. And then in another instance, I recognized that faith does not depend upon the outer circumstances. Faith is rooted in my spirit. Faith, when it has truly taken root in the heart, becomes unshakable. So I want to show you something in the scripture here found in Mark chapter 5 verse 21. The scripture says, Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd had gathered around him on the shore. These people are gathering in faith. Then a leader of the local synagogue whose name was Jairus arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. Okay, so think about this. 
leader of the local synagogue. This is a man of position. This is a man of authority. This is a man of dignity so desperate that he's throwing himself onto the floor at the feet of Jesus. So whatever it is that he's facing has caused him enough trouble in his heart that he's come to this point of desperation, pleading fervently, that word fervently is passionately, with anguish, with urgency, with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. So he's coming at Jesus in a place of worry and concern and urgency. He is like, he, he, he's losing his mind. And I don't blame him. I, I sometimes think it's so easy to look at these people in scripture and say, how could they have done that? Yet you and I, if we were in these stories, we probably wouldn't even be named because of the way we live. But this guy comes in, he's pleading with Jesus. And in verse 25... Let's go to 24, actually. Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. So now here, this man is in a desperate situation. His daughter is dying. His faith is low. Like, his faith is, it's shattered right now. Because when you come to the Lord in desperation, it means that there was a lack of something. I'm going to break a paradigm here a second. We've been trained that the way to approach the Lord is in desperation. I think we put too much emphasis on desperation. Desperation comes when I haven't been maintaining what I should have maintained in the spirit. We worship when we worship. You need to worship in desperation. Why? Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't worship passionately. I'm not saying you shouldn't worship when you have trouble. When you have trouble, it's okay to come to the Lord and just lay your burdens on, it, on the Lord. That's fine. But what I'm talking about is a mentality... That, that puts you in the position of defeat. In other words, I must come and plead and beg, but you must recognize that you as a son of God do not have to plead and beg. You just have to have faith. So, so he comes and he's pleading. He's in this place of desperation. Jesus goes with them. Verse 25, a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. So I can do a whole thing on this, but, but let's continue to verse 26. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them. I suspect that she was a woman of wealth if it took her all those years to spend everything that she had. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she only grew worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. So she's coming to him in faith. Jairus is coming to him in desperation. Two different, two different ways of approaching Jesus. Jairus comes, falls on the ground, and we understand I would have done the same thing. I'm not by any means criticizing him. If I was in the same situation with my daughter, not only would I come and bow, I'd probably have my face in the dirt holding on to his ankles, pleading with him. That's where I would be. But this man comes and he's, he's, he's broken. He's shattered. He, he, he has this sense of urgency. Like, Lord, you have to hurry. You ever try to rush the Lord because of your lack of faith? You see, see, see lack of faith will cause you to try to rush God. God, you need to move now. You're like, right now, right now. Because you imagine that if the situation gets too bad, that God won't be able to help you. But we don't recognize that God is never in a hurry. And that sometimes is frustrating. It really is. I often say this, but you heard the phrase, he's never early, he's never late, he's always... 
I can't stand that phrase, like one bit. Because I'm the type of guy who says, Lord, I don't mind if you're a little early. Save me some sweating and some stressing and some worrying. That would really help me sometimes. But he, he seems to time things just so. And, and sometimes that's a little frustrating. But, but this, this woman comes and she touches the hem of his garment. Now you have to imagine this from the perspective of Jairus. I'm in a hurry. We have to go. My daughter is dying. And then this woman comes and touches the hem of his garment. Jesus stops. You know why Jesus stopped? Because Jesus wasn't in a hurry. If Jesus was in a hurry, he'd tell the woman, look, I can't talk to you right now. Somebody touched me, but you know, does it matter? Because this little girl's dying. I got to get going. No, instead he stops and I would have been, I would have been freaking out if I was Jairus. The Lord stops, looks around, who touched me? And the disciples go, and, and he probably took a while to try to figure this out because the disciples are rushing him. They said, Lord, what do you mean who touched you? Everybody's touching you. It's a big crowd. I imagine the disciples were getting frustrated with him because they probably felt the urgency of the father. And they're seeing this dad like waiting, like, hold on, like, Jesus, we got to get going. And the disciples are like, Lord, everybody touched you. Come on, let's, let's get going. They're trying to rush him along. What do you mean? Every, okay, everyone, yes, everyone touched him. We, we figured this out. Let's go help this man. And this woman takes forever to come out in this position of faith. She takes forever to come out and say, this is what happened to me. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in a, one of our services, but sometimes we'll come to this place where this just happened, and where were we when I was calling out the, the words of knowledge? Was that orange? That was orange. Um, the Lord was showing me things about people, and I explained to the people this. I said, look, guys, I know the voice of the Holy Spirit. I know when God's talking to me, so let's skip the little delay. You know, when you say, there's somebody here who's da da da, da. I said, let's skip that whole delay, because people will always wait, like, is he talking about me? Should I go up? I said, let's get, I said, if I don't know the voice of God and I get this wrong, I'll quit the ministry today. I said, but I know the voice of the Holy Spirit. And there's someone in here who did specific situations God was showing me. Three times it happened where we waited like two minutes for someone to say, that's me. And each time it was, it was like, I had to ask him, why are you waiting so long to come forward? And so I can't imagine that frustration that this man Jairus was experiencing when Jesus was taking his time. You ever seen Pastor Omar in the back right here? And, and we're all exiting and then people are shaking his hand. There's always that one person or two person or three people that think it's time to have a full on conversation. I'm thinking, this is a fire hazard. You got to go. Like, come on, shake his hand, say God bless you, wonderful sermon, then move it along. Let's go. Someone's getting offended right now. It's, if I offended you, if I offended you, I'll pray for your deliverance. But, but, but here's the thing. This is where like Jairus was, 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 was like getting frustrated. Like, are you kidding me? Like, let's go. If I was Jairus, I was thinking, okay, lady, you've been sick for 12 years. Surely you could wait another 10 minutes, an hour. It's, it's been a long time since you've dealt with this. So let's just let the Lord move on. But, but here's the thing. Jesus just kind of relaxed. Approaching the situation with perfect calm. There's never a situation where God feels a sense of urgency. That's only us. Never a situation where he says, I have to, oh my goodness. He doesn't wake up one day and go, oh my gosh, you're right. Let me get, let me get moving right now. No, he's, he's, he knows. He knows. Turn to your neighbor and say, he knows. He knows. He knows. And he also knows the future. And he knows how he's going to bring things to come to pass. And he knows how he's going to get you out of this situation. You don't need to worry. So this woman now, taking up all the Lord's time with taking forever to say it was me and da 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 and this whole thing goes back and forth. And so then, 
we go forward in the story. Let's go to verse 35. Now, this is devastating, okay? While he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just have faith. <laughs> what? Now, now, had a pastor said that to someone today, we, I, I think, can I just be honest with you guys? Can I be honest with you, those watching online? Type amen in the comments if I can. I think modern preaching today coddles people a little too much. I think, I think we as preachers have a bad habit of saying things like, like, okay, like when it, like I preached on bitterness, like when it comes to forgiveness, instead of telling people saying, just let it go, like forgive, like the Bible says, we say things like, oh, you don't know their story. You don't know what they've been through. You haven't seen it from their perspective. And, and we're weakening the faith. I can't imagine the martyrs ever dealing with anything like what we deal with today. And so Jesus says to this man, just have faith. Had a preacher said that today, people would say, oh, that, that is so insensitive. You, you, need a, you need more empathy. You need to put yourself where he is. You need, you need to see it from his perspective. He's, he's suffering. And, and the truth is, Jesus, Jesus just said, you know what? Don't worry. No deep words of comfort. No, 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 no over reassuring. Just don't worry. Just have faith. Just have faith. That faith produced something. Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. He went inside and asked, why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. Now the crowd laughed at him. Watch this now. Watch this. Here's how you deal with doubt. I'm going to show you. Doubt and cynicism. Here's what you do. The crowd laughed at him. But he made them all leave. You know why? Because doubt, like faith, is contagious. This is why now more than ever, we need people just to be bold. No, no second guessing, no half measures, no damage control, no explaining yourself, no apologies. Just move in faith. Just move in faith. So, so, like, for instance, you know, right now, we're technically not even supposed to be meeting here this morning. Because Lord Newsom has ordered, I have a mask that says, this mask is as useless as our governor. Now, 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 before we get you too riled up, I wear it everywhere. Oh, man, people just. Now, before, but think about this. People, some people are offended that our pastor has decided to remain open despite the master and lord of California, the king of California commanding that all churches close. Do you know what kind of faith it takes to do something like this? But see, but see, but see, when we did our meetings in NorCal and Southern California, what was that song you sang, Sing a Little Louder? We did it, and man, there was a roar of worship. And here's the reality. When you move in faith, you got to be bold. You can't second guess yourself. You can't worry about the opinions of people talking. 
You know, you know, as far as complainers, there's like two or three in every church, at least. And the problem with social media is they all get together online and act like they're the majority. But most of us recognize what's happening. Most of us recognize that you just have to make some bold steps and not care what anybody says. You, you just got to make the move. And we have to stop second guessing it. And this, this right here, what did he do with the doubt? Get out, just go, just go over there then. And everyone said, amen. You got to just, some people talking fear, and that's what the enemy will do with fear. See, see, see here, here's the powerful work of fear. Here's how it actually has its power. Because fear doesn't just say something outright like, this is what's going to happen, or this is what you could lose. What, what fear actually does is it makes you second guess the truth upon which you're standing. And it causes you to have this battle. Well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe what is right, what is wrong. No, no, no. This is why faith must remove all doubt and just kick out doubt. And say to that doubt, say to the naysayer, say to the cynic, say to those who don't truly understand the, the power of faith. You have to just remove those voices from your mind. And you have to stop caring about what those voices are saying. You have to stop worrying and focusing on what they're saying. There's always going to be that. But there, the truth is that, that greater is he who's in me than he that is in the world. The truth is that there's more for us than there are against us. The truth is that when I stand in faith, miracles begin to happen. So that's what Jesus did. He removed the doubt. He kicked out the doubt. He did. But he made them all leave. Stop listening. Stop, stop, over, stop letting your mind be overwhelmed with those things. Can I, can I be really, really, really real with you? Say amen if you want me to. Okay, because I was going to do it anyway. <laughs> CNN, NBC, they're demonic. Demonic to the core. I can see the devil in their eyes when they're talking. I'm being serious with you. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now is not the time for fear. Now is the time to rise and boldly stand on the word of God. Shut out the voices. Shut out those. Even fear, you know what fear will do? Fear will try to also use guilt. The guilt that others try to put on you for standing for what you believe is right. Can I tell you what, can I tell you what guilt trips are? The attempt to use guilt to control people is witchcraft. I'm going to say it again. The attempt to use guilt to control people is witchcraft. It's time to break the spell. People, well, well you're selfish or you're, you don't care. Or da, 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 da. That's part of fear. And it's to weaken the resolve of boldness and faith. This is why you must do as Jesus did and throw out the doubt. Throw out the doubters. Don't even give them the time or the attention. But he made them all leave. And he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Holding her hand, he said to her, little girl, get up. And the little girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. This is, this is, this is what Jesus is walking in. Now there's another portion of scripture I wanted to show you. And I was going to connect. I'm going to show you in the second service if you stick around. I want to show you something else in the book of Mark that ties into this that most people miss about this story. But talking on the point of contagious faith, you have to recognize that both doubt and faith are contagious. 
They are. Can you tell you the real virus is fear? The real virus is fear. And, and, and this season is calling for people with contagious faith. Do you realize that you have the power and the influence to strengthen the spines of those around you? You have the power and the influence to strengthen the spines of those around you. We need believers now with a strong backbone. We need believers now with more resolve than ever before. And it's in your influence, it's in your circle to be the one who's going to speak up and declare the truth. To speak up and speak faith. Stop being intimidated by the mobs. Stop being intimidated by the doubters. Stop being intimidated by those who try to spread fear. It's time for you to speak up and declare faith. Is this, are you getting me this morning, church? Those of you watching online, it's time to stop being afraid to speak up. It's you got to stop worrying about what doubters say. You got to stop worrying about what the cynics say. You got to stop worrying about how people are going to come against you. Jesus said that you're blessed if you're persecuted for my name's sake. Jesus said, actually, beware when all men speak well of you. I don't care if the world speaks evil of me so long as God is pleased with what I say and do. And if God is pleased with what I say and do, I'm going to continue and say and do that which pleases God. And this is the hour for strong faith, contagious faith, faith that says in the midst of a generation that's calling for fear, faith that says, I believe in God and I stand on his word. How many of you this morning, because I got about five minutes, so I'm going to pray real briefly. And then those of you online, there's a little altar call too. How many of you this morning, in all honesty, in this season, you would say, fear's really gripped me. And I've, not only have I been afraid, I've been afraid to speak up for what I know the truth is. I've been afraid to speak things of faith. I saw a preacher the other day. All he did, all he did was post statistics from the CDC, which is basically tells you the good news of what's happening in the world. He says, look, I'm not trying to debate. I just want to, I want to share a little positivity. Here's the good news. Here are the numbers from the CDC. And you could see death rates plummeting, hospitalization plummeting. And this was, these are actual numbers. And he, all he did was share it. Man, he got attacked. He got attacked because he just wanted to share something positive. You guys, if that's not spiritual warfare, I don't know what is. So you must be the one now to, to begin to speak. I'm not saying get involved in debates and all that. Don't, don't, don't do that to yourself. What I am saying is, is it's the season to begin to declare and speak faith. We got to push back against the darkness. So if you're in this place and you say, you know, I'm a little convicted because I've been someone who's been spreading fear. And or, or another way to respond is I've not been speaking out boldly enough for faith and truth and the things that God wants me to speak about in this season because I've been afraid of the repercussions of what others might do and say. If that's you, you say, I need strength and I need faith that I might be a blessing to others, then I want you right now, right in your seat to stand up. Don't be afraid. Don't be intimidated. You say, I'm going to be one who's going to begin to speak things that are true. 
Now that may not be you. You may be one who's saying, okay, I've been speaking doubt and I need to start speaking faith or, or I've been a little intimidated. Or you're in this place and you say, I want God to give me more boldness to begin to declare the truth of the word of God. I want God to give me more boldness in this season. You want more boldness that your faith might be contagious. Then I want you to stand up right now. You say, I'm ready. I'm ready in this season. I want God to give me greater levels of boldness and greater levels of, of, of faith that I might be one who will spread it. That should be all of us, to be honest with you. You say, I want God to strengthen my faith. And I'm going to stand for that truth. I want you to lift your hands right where you are. I have just about three or four minutes, so I don't want to go too much longer. But I want you to lift your hands, and I want you to begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, lift your voices right now all across this room. Begin praying in the Holy Ghost. Father, make us bold. Make us bold. Make us bold in the name of Jesus. You're in this place. I want to pray for just a few of you. I'll pray for those online, then I'll dismiss you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for those watching now, and I ask you, Lord, to remove from them all fear and doubt, and place in their hearts that faith, that faith that comes only by the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. And I want you to say it because you agree, say amen. Well, God bless those of you watching online. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.